Hello. So this episode contains a big fat content warning. I'm going to be sharing a very personal story about my own experience of ectopic pregnancy, miscarriage and pregnancy loss. And crucially, how it was through masturbating that my body alerted me to the fact that something was wrong in the first place. I know, it's a big topic. So listen at your own discretion. You know yourself better than I do. And I really hope that it helps you, especially if you're still on that struggle bus around reconciling sexuality and motherhood, being a sexual mother, and around masturbation, shame around masturbation, religious sexual shame around masturbation, hang-ups around masturbation, and how to celebrate it as something wonderful and joyful. So I really hope you get a lot out of today's episode and it helps you. Welcome to the Naked and Unashamed Life podcast. In this podcast, we aim to bridge the gap between sex, spirit, mind, emotions, body, and relationships. We explore the intersections of sex, gender, spirituality, body image, relationships, embodiment, trauma, living a sexually authentic life, and more. This podcast is for you if you are sexually curious, if you want to deconstruct your beliefs around sex and embrace your full sexual, erotic, and human potential, and you want to create a sex and love life that lights you up from the inside. I'm Lucy Rowett, certified sex coach and sexologist who is passionate and gives a fuck about helping women and people with vulvas let go of sexual shame and hang-ups and embrace pleasure to create the passionate relationships they've always desired. I'm a former good girl and teacher's pet, neurodivergent and eccentric. I grew up in the church, was fully immersed in purity culture and had years of chronic illness. I had to go through my own path of recovery, sexual healing and befriending my body. I believe that your sexuality is yours first that it's a sacred and essential part of you and that the path to healing starts by befriending your body. This podcast is full of swear words with explicit references, so listen at your discretion or with your earbuds in. So I hope it delights your ears and stimulates your mind and let's jump into today's episode. Good day. I wanted to touch base. Um, It's now, I'm recording this in June 2023. And even though May is known as Masturbation Month, I of course believe that every month should be Masturbation Month. Every day should be Masturbation Month. And I'm aware I didn't share a story in Masturbation Month because I had many things going on about one particular way in which masturbation orgasms, self-pleasuring really, really helped me and benefited me. And as I've been thinking about how to share this, it's like, would the tagline be, did wanking save my fallopian tube? <laughs> a fallopian tube, potentially. Um, and I'm hoping that by sharing this, it will help you. And because I'm going to backtrack a little bit as to why I'm sharing this story. So, Back in, God, I think February, earlier on this year, I had an ectopic pregnancy and it was a whole saga. And I wrote about it in depth on Facebook, on my Facebook profile, on Instagram and on my Medium account. 
And I've had a lot of really positive feedback, including from a friend who shared when she shared it with a few women that it really helped them to kind of embrace or marry up with the idea of being a sexual mother. Um, And that's a whole thing in itself, this whole thing that when you become a mother, when you give birth to a baby, that your sexuality, your sexual identity kind of becomes split. And I know this from working with clients who've had this, from friends who've had this, trying to marry up this idea of being a sexual mother or like, um, what's the term, reconciling your sexuality and your eroticism with being a mother, feeding a baby, keeping a baby alive. Um, So I'm hoping, well, first of all, so when I shared that, apparently that was really helpful to a lot of women. So I'll put the link to the Medium article in the show notes. But there was a part of the story I didn't share which really adds into the idea of being a sexual mother and it ties into masturbation. So to kind of condense the whole ectopic pregnancy starts Staga, Staga, Saga in a very brief nutshell. It was a drama, but I'm completely fine now. Uh, My body resolved it all by itself. I had so much support, so much love from my husband, from friends, both in Vienna and virtually as well. Um, I did all of the woo-woo practices, somatic practices, nervous system practices, everything. And I really, really, really believe that these had a huge impact in helping my body to resolve the ectopic pregnancy by itself. I'll never know for sure. And I also really know that I could have done all the right things and it could have become an emergency. So please don't take this as any kind of um, blaming that bodies and health, they are completely unpredictable. There are things that are in control. There are things that are are in our control and things that are not. But the added part of that saga is how I realized that I had an ectopic pregnancy in the first place. And the reason that I found out that my pregnancy was ectopic was because of wanking. (laughs) I'm serious. So let me adjust myself wanking, masturbating. So we found out, I found out I was pregnant, I think, I think mid-February. It was a classic thing of my period was late. We were trying, this was an absolutely planned pregnancy. Um, And my period was late. I had all of the symptoms, took a pregnancy test. And there's that, uh, there's the blue line. And we did it twice just to be sure. And I remember thinking, oh my God. Um, I think it's really weird that when you find out you're pregnant, even when it's completely planned and wanted, I was still in a massive state of shock. Um, And I'm not the kind of person who likes to keep things secret if possible. So I told lots of people straight away, my mum, some really close friends, my sister-in-law, because I'm in this state of, holy fuck, this doesn't feel real. And I had so much love and support. And my sister-in-law, shout out to Inga, you were amazing. Um, And for 10 days, that was how it was. It was just that, "Ah, I'm pregnant. What do we do? What do we do? And, you know, we're in Vienna trying to navigate this new healthcare system that I'm still not familiar with. Because in the UK, I'd roughly know what to do. But in Vienna, it's like, do I go to a doctor? Like, what doctor? Oh, oh, I have to book in with a gynecologist. Okay, we need to find a gynecologist. Uh, Who? Where? (laughs) 
Um, and because it was so early, you know, I remember I was t- texting one of my friends and she's like, yeah, pregnancy is just a lot of waiting. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. And I also remember being in shock and also being like, this doesn't feel real. And apparently this is completely normal in early pregnancy. This is my first rodeo. I didn't feel anything apart from I felt inc- incredibly tired. Like that first trimester pregnancy, the first trimester tiredness just hit me straight away. And I felt all of my energy just pulling inwards. I was so just, I can't. And it was frustrating because I was in the middle of launching a group program. So this was not the best time for my energy and my body to decide, yeah, we don't want to be visible anymore. We want to actually be alone and we don't want to talk to anyone and we don't want to be out there online. So that was a lot to navigate. So anyway, navigating all of that first trimester tiredness. And then it was, I know it was a Wednesday. I, some reason I remember it was a Wednesday. I'm working from home and I fully believe in the power and the, the, what's the power of masturbation. It's so good for you. It helps with creative blocks. I think I was feeling horny. You know, it's a luxury of working from home, but you know what? I'm going to take myself to bed and I'm going to have a wank. And I've done enough of this work sexual healing releasing work that being enough environments and that there is absolutely no hangovers from purity culture when I masturbate it's something joyful and wonderful that I give myself and I have you know I have so many sex positive friends where it's like yeah we cheerlead each other and it's what I do with my clients as well like cheerleading and saying yes masturbation is awesome I'm not necessarily I'm not in the room with them when they're masturbating but I know other colleagues that do do that anyway um, so I masturbate, I come, it was great, just a bog standard masturbation and I'm lying there, I'm doing the savoring and the breathing, like, yeah, that was good. That was good. I get up, go to the toilet, wash my toys, um, because always try and pee after you masturbate. It's really good for keeping your, uh, urinary, tra- urinary tract and your vaginal microbiome. It just helps with everything, keeping it healthy. And then when I pee, I notice there's a tiny spot of blood like a tiny smudge of blood and I know enough about pregnancy to know that there shouldn't really be spotting that any kind of spotting or bleeding something you really need to look at you shouldn't just you should not be fobbing it off you shouldn't be ignoring it and I'm thinking huh because I wasn't I wasn't masturbating really fast and furious. I, I, I was going very slowly. I was going very, very slowly working with my body. So I know that I hadn't injured myself. Um, huh. And then I can't remember when, but at some point the cramping started. And it felt like, I guess, normal period pain. Um, and I thought at first it was back pain cause I get lower back pain. I on off, I get lower back pain, but then it, it just keeps going. It keeps, it was not stopping. And I remember I was trying to ignore it at first and it was just building up and I'm thinking, okay, this, this isn't right. And then I'm, of course, what you do, you frantically Google, you know, cramping during pregnancy. Um, and what was it? 
Apparently it can be normal and apparently it can be normal to have a bit of cramping in pregnancy after an orgasm. So I wasn't that worried. And I also want to say that I wasn't, it's not just that I wasn't worried. There was no ounce of shame there because I also knew that when you are pregnant and the the embryo is healthily lodged in, it's not that easy for it to dislodge. Like, obviously there are things that are advisable not to do, but embryos are pretty robust. Um, that's why the human species has lasted this long. Uh, you know, if you want to go into dark humor, you think about back in the day when abortion was illegal and women tried to abort their their unwanted pregnancies by hot baths and drinking gin and throwing themselves down the stairs and often the pregnancy would stay. So I knew that this orgasm was not enough to dislodge what would be a healthy pregnancy, a healthy embryo. I knew my body was robust enough. So I wasn't too worried. But then the cramping didn't stop. And I remember popping out to the supermarket to get some groceries and I'm staggering up the road, clutching my back on my belly, thinking, yep, something's not wrong here. I, this should not be an issue for me. And I remember like staggering, getting some milk. I wanted my cup of tea <laughs> and staggering back to the flat and the cramping was hitting me, you know, getting back to the flat, putting the milk on the kitchen counter, dropping the milk on the floor because a spasm hit me. And then by then I knew, okay, something really is not right here. Because according to Dr. Google, if you're having cramping after orgasms, and please do not quote me on this, I'm not a pregnancy expert. I'm a sex expert, not a pregnancy expert. It shouldn't last long. It should be quite, it, it should be, maybe, no, it should not last long. This, was, this had been going on for quite a few hours now. So I knew by now that something was wrong. Um, it wasn't excruciating, but I knew I should not be cramping for hours during early pregnancy with a tiny spot of blood. Um, so, um, my husband, unfortunately was in a very, very, very important work meeting. So I, I didn't want to disturb, I say I didn't want to disturb him. It's that thing where I don't know if this is an emergency or not. I don't know how urgent this is. Um, so I'm texting my, I called my mum in the UK and she said, yeah, you need to go and see a doctor. The doctor downstairs were closed. I was texting one of my friends in Vienna. Long story short, husband came home. Obviously, he's my husband and he cares about me and loves me. And it's like, yep, they called, we called the health insurance. We went to A went to the local A&E. If you're American, that's ER in uh, Vienna. It's Nutfelle. Nutfelle. Um, and it was there. I mean, this is also a testament to the amazing healthcare in Vienna and why... I am so grateful it happened in Vienna and not in the UK because when we arrived at the A&E, I was seen within 20 minutes. Can you imagine this in a UK hospital? Nah. And not only that, I was taken seriously straight away. Nobody fobbed me off. Uh, I was examined. I was scanned by a gynecologist. I mean, this is just, this is like gold star luxury here. And this was just bog standard Austrian health insurance. I'm scanned by the gynecologist and that's when he says, I cannot detect a pregnancy within your uterus if you're, because at that point I should have been six weeks along. And he said, at six weeks, I should be able to see the sac and I can't see anything. And so that was when the 
the whole process started of having to go back every other day for scans and blood tests because I did not know. I mean, I'd never had an ectopic pregnancy before. I didn't know that the standard way to monitor it is watch and wait to see if your HCG levels, which is the pregnancy hormones, are dropping enough, but which basically sees if the body is resolving it by itself. So that was when we knew. But kind of going back, going back to the masturbation and wanking, I felt incredibly grateful. And I remember at some point just, well, after the shock had passed, we only found out it was ectopic after a few days because they can't tell it straight away. But when we did find out it was ectopic, first of all, obviously a lot of sadness and grief. And then fear, basically, holy shit, get this thing out of me before it kills me because nectopic pregnancy is never viable and it can easily become life-threatening. So of course, it's a scary situation. And I talked about this in my on Facebook and on Medium that I really leaned into every single spiritual tool, embodiment tool, nervous system tool, somatic tool, all of my friends. And I really leaned into that trust as much as I could. Um, and I remember whether it was that appointment or the next one being so thankful for masturbation, <laughs> for wanking, for potentially for alerting me to the fact that my pregnancy was ectopic. Because throughout this whole ectopic pregnancy, I never had pain on my right side because um, it was in my right fallopian tube. Never had pain there. Never had any twinging there. Um, Maybe a bit of twinging, but I would never have known. I would never have known it was ectopic. And of course, um, because it was ectopic, my body maybe made, my body could have done something else. You know, Um, it would have made itself known at some point. But the fact is, I masturbated and I had an orgasm and that was what started the cramping. And for me, I think that is amazing because it was the, because when you have an orgasm, just myself, obviously when you have an orgasm, it creates a form of spasming. Um, your body goes, your, you have slight pelvic contractions. So having an orgasm basically helped remind my body or help tell my body there is something wrong here. And I'm so grateful that I had none of that purity culture, sexual shame. There was no residue of it because I know if that purity culture, sexual shame had still been there or in a different lifetime, if I was still in that environment or even in a fundamentalist environment where masturbation and orgasms already has its own extra wonderful not awful layer of emotional baggage and shame and oh god I did something wrong and awful I can't imagine that that I I can imagine that that could have added to that emotional the emotional trauma the emotional distress that did somehow maybe they were right maybe masturbation does lead to death because masturbation made me lose my baby no And by the way, just for clarity's sake, absolutely not. Again, anybody who works with pregnancy will tell you that embryos are pretty robust. Um, Otherwise, a human race would not have lasted this long. And an orgasm absolutely cannot harm a healthy 
pregnancy at all. But what it did was alert my body to the fact that this was not a healthy pregnancy. This was not a viable pregnancy. And there was something very wrong. And, and I am also grateful that my husband took it very seriously. And not just my husband, everybody took it seriously. Nobody fobbed me off because unfortunately this is the case so often in the UK with the NHS and that breaks my heart and makes me angry. Everybody, everybody took it seriously. It was investigated straight away. And because of that, we caught it super early. And again, I can't, I can never say for certain that all of these tools I did helped my body resolve the pregnancy by itself. I can never claim full credit for that. I could have done all of the embodiment woo-woo tools like body shaking, pelvic movements. Um, one thing we did at suggestion of one of my friends, Frankie, was write a letter to the little soul, um, basically thanking it and inviting it to leave and then burning it. Um, that was really powerful. Um, breathing, somatic awareness. Um, of course, I could have done all of those things and it still turned into emergency. And I still feel that it really helped my body resolve it. It definitely, absolutely helped. Um, and so it's a weird thing to go through something like an ectopic pregnancy and all of that stuff and feel incredibly grateful. Um, not just to masturbation, by the way, I'm incredibly grateful that we live in Vienna and that I had amazing Austrian healthcare and yeah, that is what I'm, and for all the support, that is what I'm so grateful for. And I'm also grateful that when I was scanned by one of the lead professors in the hospital, he thought I may have endometriosis and that could be why the pregnancy turned ectopic. I know that sounds a really weird thing to be grateful for, but I am so fucking grateful because there is absolutely no way in hell this ever would have been detected in the UK ever, especially not now with the healthcare service, what it is. So if I do have endometriosis, I find out in a few weeks, um, then we can have some, I can have surgery or treatment to remove whatever it was that was blocking my fallopian tube and not have ectopic pregnancies. Well, because if we hadn't found this out, I would potentially have more ectopic pregnancies. So it's very interesting and weird to be like, oh, this was an, not an, it was not an amazing experience, but I am so grateful. And I'm so grateful that it was masturbation and self-pleasuring that meant, that alerted me, that helped my body alert me to the fact that there was something wrong. So I hope you can take from this something, especially, especially, especially if you are oh, on that struggle bus with sexual shame, on that struggle bus with like, uh, reconciling your identity as a sexual mother, motherhood and sexuality. And, you know, when my husband and I try for another baby and hopefully goddess willing, I will carry a viable pregnancy to term and give birth and go through that wonderful, crazy initiation that is motherhood. I'm going to have a whole new level of embodying and embracing sexuality and motherhood. Um, and I hope that this is a way for you to embrace that for yourself. So do let me know your experiences and take from this what helps. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. Can you do me a huge favor? I would be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and any other platform I post this podcast to. It helps more people listen to it and it helps spread the word. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode or any of the other episodes, I would be so grateful if you shared it with someone who you think would really enjoy it and benefit from it. Want to stay in touch on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Lucy Lou Rowett, on TikTok at Lucy Rowett, and on Facebook and LinkedIn and probably other social media platforms too. And finally, don't forget to join my mailing list. If you sign up, you get a free PDF on how to confidently communicate in bed to avoid awkwardness and have what you really, really want. So it's in the link in my show notes. It's in the link in my bio and my Instagram. It's on my website. It's in loads of places. So do sign up because not only do you get me direct into your inbox, but because I talk about sex, I never know if I'm going to be banned from any social media platform. So let's stay in touch. And if you want to explore working together, you can contact me through my website or through the link in my show notes. Until then, here's to living a shameless, shame-free life full of pleasure on your own terms, in your body. Until next time. <laughs>